Welcome to the Here to Be podcast, a show that gives you full permission to be, to just be you. I'm your host, Megan, a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and embodiment coach, empowering you to stop looking outside of yourself for the answers and to lead from your inner wisdom. We're going to get real, we're going to get raw, and probably a little woo-woo. I'm so glad you're here to come with. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining me here at the Here to Be podcast. I'm your host, Megan. And today, the episode, I get to share space and learn from and be immersed in the wonderful energy that is Rachel Hills. And a really formal way of saying who this human being is, she is a mother She's a hairstylist. She's a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. And through her work, her work that just lights her up and you can see just the glow and the shimmer and the shine about her as she speaks into it is really leading women to their own healing through their breath and through really simple and tangible practices so they can really live an authentic and amazing life. And that's all so wonderful. It's also truthful. How I like to introduce Rachel on a very not formal way of being is Rachel came into my life. A It feels like ages ago in the best way. I don't even remember how long ago it was now, but she was a student in the breathwork certification and I was able and have the honor and the privilege to be her mentor through that. And we just clicked immediately. We connected deeply as friends. I have gotten to know, be held, hold this just glorious give and take this flow of relation with Rachel. And she is truly, truly, truly somebody who I seek advice from. I seek counsel from. I seek wisdom from. I seek light and joy and laughter and play and exploration. And she continues to remind me of what it means to be a good human, what it means to have play and joy infused within my life. And it continues to be somebody who inspires and empowers me. And so with all of that being said, she's somebody who I can't believe I have withheld her for so long from this space and this beautiful community. And I trust and know that the words that Rachel speaks over you today and into you today will land exactly how and when they need and are needed. So open up your hearts and open up your ears and welcome in the wisdom that is Rachel. All right, I'll after an hour of jamming with one of my most favorite people. <laughs> when we I, I I want to say we should have been recording, but I know that we shouldn't have been recording. I'm gonna now hit record and say thanks for being here, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you would like the audience to know about you? Hmm. Okay. I I think one of my I mean, there, I'm a smorgasbord of like different things, <laughs> but one of my favorite things is like, I love to deep dive about anything. Like I, one of like, I feel like I'm a self-proclaimed, like 
internal excavator. Like I love, I love the internal world. I love figuring out things. I love learning about new things. So, and I love to follow the joy. Like I am ever like learning new things. And so I just love jamming on different stuff that I'm like in current world, like right now happening, you know? It's not that it's my job to affirm anything that you want people to know about you, but I couldn't have really summed you up any better myself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just think of like a little, like those diggers, like my son used to like play with the, like, like it's like the excavator. They're like the cool truck things, like a big yellow Tonka situation but and I love when you do that because then I learn things from you or I'm opened up to new ideas or thoughts or something that comes for and as you said it comes from joy and I know that everyone listening is going to feel that radiate through you even in the we we were we've talked for over an hour and it was deep and it was there was the you know there was a high parts and low parts and kind of all of the gooey stuff in between and through that all there is just this energy energy of joy and just this warm light that Mm -hmm. radiates through. And to me, I think that's a big part of why I can, I feel safe in having difficult conversations about different difficult topics with you, because it does feel very deeply connected. And there is a warmth and a lightness that Mm -hmm. comes along with that. Thank you. I will take that. Okay. One of the things that we were jamming on was this idea of turning into self, Mm. coming back into self and talk about something that you have been deep diving in and excavating through to bring through. And what does that mean to you? So, okay. So turning towards is this concept. I've been reading this book. It's called um, The Love Prescription. It's by John and Julie Schwartz-Gottman. And it's a relationship book. So it's, it's going through like these different concepts of like how to connect with in, in relationship. And it doesn't necessarily mean a marriage relationship or a partner relationship, but it can also be in relationship with your children or your friends or your parents or whatever, right? Like it's all relationship based, but this specifically is for relationship with a partner. Um, but this concept of turning towards is it's a bid for affection. So when, when I started reading about this, I was like, oh my gosh, like this hits so hard. It's so deep, right? Not only in my own relationship, but like the concept of in relationship with oneself, right? Like above all our relationship with ourself is the most important relationship. It just is like the way that we connect with ourselves is the most important. So this concept of turning towards in relationship with other is there's a bid for affection, right? Like someone, the, the example that they give is like, oh, look at that huge bluebird in the tree, right? Turning towards is seeing it, acknowledging it and saying like, oh, wow, that's what beautiful feathers. And like, that's, that's a really big bluebird, right? Turning away is maybe seeing it, but not saying anything or just not acknowledging and turning against is saying, why do you always interrupt me while I'm doing emails? Right? So this concept of turning towards, that is the biggest indicator 
of like relationships that are happy. So their whole thing is like relationships that last and that are connected and that stay happy. Notice these bids for affection 80% of the time. The couples that are unhappily still together or not together anymore only notice the bids 30% of the time. And I was thinking about this in relationship with myself. It was the thing that woke me up at like four o'clock this morning that I just kept like, like going through in my brain was like, if I were to look at my relationship with myself right now, would I be in a happy relationship or would I be in a relationship that felt unhappy or struggling? Right. And I think that we, we put out bids for ourselves right? Like if we take this and we apply it to our own relationship with ourselves, how are we like putting out a bid for ourselves? Is it when we're scrolling, you know, on Instagram or if we're kind of feeling like angsty or like something's not sitting right, or we're kind of like fidgety or we we're like, um, I get to that point where I'm kind of like, moving from thing to thing. And I'm like, not really paying attention. I'm kind of like half doing something over here. And then I move to this other thing and I have to do something over here. And I'm like, why am I just like busying myself, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like, those are bids like with ourselves, like and the, the most beautiful con- like part of this concept to me is that this is literally the indicator of a happy relationship. It's not in the big, like grand gesture situations. It's not in the flowers brought and it's not in like the big vacations, right? It's literally in the moments that take like 30 seconds to meet. So when we show up and we're bidding for our own affection, right? Like we're bidding for our own connection with self. Like, how do we meet that? How do we show ourselves that? we are worthy of that time and that space and that, that connection, you know? So like, for me, sometimes I'll like, I'll be in a space where I'm like, okay, like now I'm scrolling and I'm like in it and I'm like, oh, like, okay, what if this is a bid for connection with myself? Like maybe I need something else right now, like tapping in, right? Turning towards, right? Like, what do I actually need right now? Like, do I actually need to like get up and do something different? Do I actually need to have a hard conversation that I'm avoiding by like numbing in this way? What do I actually, do I actually just need to go like eat something (laughs) or like drink some water with somebody like outside of me? Absolutely. It's like, what, what are you actually needing right now? Do you need rest? Do you need nourishment? Do you need connection? Do you need, what do you need? And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can be like, oh, wow. I didn't, I haven't realized, like, I haven't really talked to anyone for like an hour right now. You know what I mean? Like, and meeting that need turning towards and in the same way, like how many times have I turned against, right? Like in these moments of like, (sighs) where I'm self-critical or I do something and instead of being compassionate with myself about like, oh, I don't really want to 
be in this moment right now, right? So maybe I turn towards my phone or maybe I'm doing something else or busying myself instead of being like, oh, like you need some connection. You need, you need something right now saying to myself, like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that again. Like, look at, like, I thought we were over this, right? Mm -hmm. These moments of criticism and that's turning against, right? But even just turning away where you're not acknowledging, right? Like that middle piece seems like it's not as detrimental as like the criticism. Just going to say that one is if to me feels worse because it's the overriding of something that I knew that I heard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a dagger of like painfulness, because even if there is a criticism there, there's almost a, and this is within self, but also, I mean, like kind of broadening out with a relationship. If I say Mm -hmm. something and somebody doesn't respond in the way that I want them to, they responded. So there's still that attention that's coming. Mm. There's still some kind of weird, yes, not a toxic right. c- connection, but there's still a fused connection there yes. versus you choosing to bypass mm. that and just cold wall, stonewall it. That's so much more painful to me. Oh, 1, whether it's self or someone else. Yes. Yeah. Because even like the reason a two-year-old throws a tantrum is not because they're trying to throw a tantrum it's because they need attention mm-hmm. and they that's the only way they're going to get it right yep. so in a way that turning against even though it's not it doesn't feel good it's not a feel good connection it's connection in some kind of form right mm-hmm. but that that yeah that turning away where you're ignoring it's like ignoring your own needs ignore and how that can be so slippery too in the way of like no I'm just doing I'm doing for others or like especially in this season right like we're just coming out of like holiday season for you know America and I guess other parts of the world too but like like there's so many things like we tend to do for others right like and and we can get in that space of like there's a lot of people home or you know, at least for me, like I'm a mom of three teenagers and, and a wife. And like, it's, it's easy to like do, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And in that busyness, sometimes not acknowledging the things I need. And then, you know, that's where resentment, resentment starts to build within myself, right? Like not touching back to those spaces and really acknowledging those needs. And I think the other thing that was like so poignant about this, it's literally just one chapter of this book. It's so good. Um, But that criticism is the biggest indicator of divorce or separation, right? Mm. And so those critical things really causes so much separation within ourselves and like, ah. like I admitted to you before we pressed record, like sometimes I look at my relationship itself and, and in this frame, right. Like looking at this of like, okay, in healthy relationships, 80% of the bids are picked up, you know, and in unhealthy ones, it's 30%. Like if I was in relationship with myself, would I be in a happy relationship or would I be in an unhappy one or like how close am I to myself? And I think it's, it's very difficult for me sometimes when there's a lot of people around for me to connect back with myself. I, 
I need a lot of alone time. And that's so weird because I'm such an extrovert and I love being with people and connecting with people. But I think to hear my own voice clearly, Mm -hmm. I need to be still and I need to be quiet and I need quiet around me. Um, And I almost need, (laughs) this is so funny because my husband started working from home and it has been an interesting like thing to speak a need that was already kind of like met when he was away at work. You know what I mean? When you didn't have to speak it, it just naturally was there. Right, like weird, like, oh my gosh, like I just have time for myself and I can just meet my need and like, it's fine. But like when you almost have to be like, I need to not have lunch with you today because I need to go be by myself. Like Mm -hmm. that feels different. And it feels like, like my system is like, Oh God, like, what if, what if this person takes this is like, I don't want to be with you or I don't want to have this time or this connection, but it's for me. And maybe this is growing up with like six kids in a kind of a chaotic, (laughs) very chaotic, uh, home growing up, like beautifully chaotic, but chaotic nonetheless. Um, but I really, it's hard to hear my own voice if I'm not in stillness and by myself. Um, and so that's, it's harder to connect when there's lots of input. And I think um, that turning towards, it, it's almost like kind of pushing a boulder uphill <laughs> when you are around a lot of people too, because it's like, how do you, if meeting your own need inconveniences anybody like Mm -hmm. I will 99% default to what they need over what I need (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's just like something I have to work actively like against or I guess towards is like when it feels like pushing against somebody or or not meeting a need of theirs to meet my own it is easier for me to allow someone else's need to be met above my own but that turning towards like that understanding that that is the most important like our connection with self is the most important like what is turning towards look like right like does it look like taking a moment to take a breath or does it mean taking myself outside and sitting in my chair outside and just for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be, again, it's not in the big gestures. It's not Mm -hmm. in these huge events, you know, it's in the moments where we're like, Hey, I hear you. Okay. What can I do right now? Like, what can I, how can I attend to you right now? That feels nourishing. That feels like I see you, (laughs) right? Like, like I'm putting my hand on my heart, but it's like, like, I feel my heart. Like I am feeling you. I feel you. I see you. I acknowledge you. And I think sometimes it's just in the acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. And like, well, and yeah. in that too, though, if, that's always my question of, it was always my question. It still kind of is, is so what does that look like if we're so far removed from that? Mm. Because it's one thing to be in this space where you've actively done work and you've, you've worked on coming, actually coming back into mm-hmm. your body and having safety or having resource or having, you know, whatever the thing is, having some regulation and noticing that. But when that isn't present, mm. then what? Mm. That is a really good question. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to like rewind to like 
past Rachel self right now mm-hmm. to, to tap in because sometimes you forget things, you know, it's like, we need totally. reminders and like, you kind of forget where you were, like how that space felt when you've done certain things, you know? And there's no, like that was said in such, like everybody is where they're at. Like there's no judgment in that at all. But just looking back, I was so disconnected from myself. I, I honestly don't know if, I think if I had heard this conversation, I'd be like, like what? What are you even saying? I, I, I literally think it would probably would have gone over my head. But if I were to take it a step, like take a step back and kind of look at it, I think what I would do is I would start by asking myself a question. I would ask myself, like, what do you need? What do you need? And I think I would ask myself that question multiple times a day mm. to start. Because I didn't know what I needed, Mm -hmm. but I never asked myself that question either. So at the beginning of my journey, like kind of like, you know, everyone has that like moment of, or I guess I I will say for my own self, I had a moment of like, what? Like, (laughs) like my whole like 13 year marriage had was going towards complete decimation, right? Like it was a moment of like, holy shit, I have a lot of stuff that I did not realize played a huge role in the things that are happening within myself. Mm-hmm. And so I had this moment and I was like, oh crap, uh, I need some help. I need some help. I'm going to have to do is take some responsibility for some <laughs> stuff. Damn it. Cool. Um, so. I went to my first therapist and like ever, ever, ever um, in my house, like we grew up super religious. So um, therapy was super, not like a thing. You got counseling from your pastor or you got counseling from a, you know, a member of the church, but like therapy was not like a thing mm-hmm. because it was outside of like the realm of safe, right. In the church, like godly advice which I mean, couldn't be farther from the truth. I will, but anyway, I digress. I digress. We could, that could be a 15 hour podcast. Uh-huh. But anyway, so I go to therapy for the first time and my therapist literally says to me, she says, well, what, what do you want? And I, a hand, a hand to heaven, like legit was like, I don't know. I have never asked myself that question mm-hmm. before ever legitimately like I could not recall and she said if it didn't hurt anyone's feelings and if it if it was just you and I in this room and there was nothing else going on and you weren't gonna hurt anyone because that was part of it it was like no I have to think about what other people feel other people think it was always the filter was 10 people ahead of me you know how is it gonna affect all of these 10 people before it gets to me right yeah and so she was like, if it's just you and me and it's not going to affect anybody else, what, like, what do you want? And I was like, oh, da, 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 da. right. Like super clear as day, easy to come up with. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I've just not been letting myself hear what I actually need, you know? And so I think 
going back and looking at that and saying to myself, like, probably the most important question is like, what, what do you need? Like, what do you need right now? And I don't mean that in like, I need a healthy relationship. Do you need need water? Do you need to put a sweatshirt on? Yes. Like, because I think if our default has been people pleasing and kind of self, um, self abandonment, right? Like if that has been our baseline for our entire life, needing a need feels selfish. Mm-hmm. It feels easier and familiar to be uncomfortable. So even right, like acknowledging like, oh man, I actually feel cold. Like I should get a sweater on. Like there's some part of me like that would be like, oh, you don't really need that. Right. It's like, uh, I'll do that after I do. Yes. Oh, perfect example. So I've, I've done hair for 21 years. Crazy. Um, and I used to say like, okay, I'll go pee after I mix this person's color or I'll go, I'll eat after this thing. And I started recognizing that I was like absolutely abandoning Mm -hmm. in these little minute ways that I was like, why, why? Why am I doing that? Like, why can't I just meet my own need now? Like, why can't I meet that need for myself and to feel good right now? Like, why am I pushing that off? And I started recognizing that and being like, so then my question to myself or like, like prompting to myself is like, no, how do you meet your own need first? Meet your own need first. Mm-hmm. And then you can do these things for other people. But if you're literally sitting there like dancing as you're trying to put color on, you know what I mean? Like instead of actually like, it's okay for them to wait three more minutes. Yeah. But why does it feel so familiar to be like, no, no, no. My needs aren't important. My basic human needs are not that important, you know? And so it's acknowledging those little things where we're abandoning self in these really small they're seemingly small ways, but those are like, those are the like basis of trust within ourselves. Cause we're like, absolutely putting like, we have this bid, right? We're putting this bid out. I need this thing. How can I meet that need? Like, what do I need right now? What do I need right now? Do I need a hug? Do I need nourishment? Do I need, right? Like, what do I actually need right now? And it's like coming back to acknowledge that it's first of all, it's okay to have needs because I think like, I don't know if you're like into the Enneagram at all, but I'm an Enneagram too. And one of the, like mine, like there's certain things in my life where I've, I've come to understanding of certain things and it has blown my mind. Mm-hmm. And the Enneagram was that for me, it blew my mind because I felt like someone was like reading my diary out loud to myself. And I was just like bawling, like, but Enneagram twos feel shame in asking or even having needs. Mm. So it was like, there was shame involved in being like, I have a need. And to meet it felt absolutely selfish. Absolutely. And so it is like rewiring that system in order to meet the bids or even acknowledge that you have bids for, for connection with self. But like that, I think that would be like the first thing that I would address and attend to is like, how do you ask yourself that question? Or, and, and to be honest, like, that's a question that I would ask myself, but like, maybe that doesn't feel as good to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's saying like, what can I get you right now? 
mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like what feels good to your system? Cause it has to feel like good and accurate for yourself and your system. Um, so like rewording it in a way that's like, how can you start attending to yourself? Like each day, asking yourself a simple question throughout the day, like, like that helps you kind of feel into or tap into a feeling or a need. Yeah. And taking that, I think, coupled with what you shared before was because as you were speaking, I was going back to versions of myself and even myself in present day moment. Often I would say, oh, okay. So Rachel told me on this podcast, I need to ask myself, what do I need? So in my head, it would be a firing squad of what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? And it would be repeated because I would never stop and pause to actually hear, Mm. or it would be, what do I need? Wait a millisecond. And if the answer didn't come up right then and there, so like clearly written in the sky. So I knew it like on scrolls, exactly what it could be. I'd be like, ask again, ask again, ask again. And it would just be the cycle of never being actually quiet in my own fucking head. Let alone quiet from everyone else, but quiet in myself to pause. And also the realization that because I haven't, I, because I have declined those bids, I have ignored them, I've criticized them, I've overridden them, I've, I've stonewalled them, whatever it is in them, that I might not feel safe to answer right away. Ooh. And so being okay with not having an answer or mm. an I don't know. Yeah is really unnerving because that's not the solution. Like like I can like feel like my body, like tightening and having a tantrum, but like, but that's not the solution. I want the answer. I ask the question. I want the direct answer. Oh, so good. Absolutely. And I will tell you, even to this day, even to this day, sometimes I don't know what I need. Mm -mm. Like going through all of the things that I've done and years of therapy and, and work on things, right? There are still times where I do not have access to the thing, like to, to the knowledge or the feeling of the thing that I need. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is so frustrating and it's so real. Like, so you're absolutely right. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like, then I feel like I'm doing something wrong if it's not clear and present, right? Yes. Yep. Well, and okay. One of the best concepts I ever have heard or like. When this was taught, like when I heard this, I was like, okay, like I needed to hear this so bad. And it was, it was about boundaries. And it was like, you have a right to change your mind. Right. But the way, uh, Terry Cole, Terry Cole said this, um, when you don't think you have a right to change your mind, every decision you make has the weight of a life sentence. Mm. So to that, when you're like, okay, I'm going to meet this need, right? Like, what do I need? Well, maybe I need to go outside. And then you go outside and it feels crappy and you don't like it and you're cold and whatever. You have a right to change your mind at any time, at any moment. Like sometimes I do that with food because, okay, so previously come from, you know, just a lifetime of disordered eating. So um, for me, it is so important to feel full and satisfied. Yes. 
those are two completely different things yes. that need to be sistered together yes. in my experience. 1000%. And can we just like, we'll pause that for a second to just be like, that is like the the key to happiness in life too. <laughs> like, to it be is not satisfied. To be full and satisfied, right? Like, can we just like take that, like, whoo, like look out at your, I'm just like looking at earth right now being like, oh if you could just be full and satisfied, like, don't, don't just make it full. Don't make your life Mm -hmm. just full, but make it satisfying. Right. So anyway, I digress, but sometimes I'm in the middle of eating something and I'm like, "Mm, this isn't it. This is not it. And I stop and I'll be like, okay, I really want something sweet. And then I'll like get a few chocolate chips or something. And I'm like, "Mm, no, that wasn't it. That wasn't the thing. That wasn't the thing. And sometimes it's like a random weird thing, right? Like, it's like, just know that like, it's okay to be in search of the thing that you need and to, as you're searching and kind of getting more clear about the things you need and the bids that you're meeting, like that it's okay to like stop mid thing and be like, this journaling actually feels like a forced situation and I don't want to do it right now. And like, maybe just moving my body feels good. Or maybe like not doing that feels good. Maybe taking myself out for a cup of coffee feels really good, right? Like it's like really getting clear about the thing that really feels satisfying in that moment too. It's not just about fulfilling a thing. Like I need, Rachel said, I need to fill this thing and I need to meet this bid. And it's gonna, it's gotta look this way. It doesn't, we are ever changing. Like I literally am not the same person as I was yesterday. I'm just not. I have different needs. I have different wants. I have different desires. I'm in a different mood, like every single day, <laughs> every day. And I've just gotten, like, I feel fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, okay, what do I need today? It's so different than it was yesterday. And so it's like allowing yourself to have the freedom that like, it does not have to look or be a certain thing. Like it can be ever changing. And in the midst, like midstream, you can just be like, uh, that wasn't actually it. I need to divert over here. And like, let's try this thing. Oh, well, that wasn't it either. Actually, I'm going to try this thing. And like, maybe it was like Chex Mix with like peanut butter and chocolate over it. And you just didn't even realize like you needed the crunch. You needed something like, you know what I mean? Like, and I know I'm bringing it back to food, but like, that's nobody. I think that that is, I think it's a really tangible example for people. I think it can be a very convoluted example. I think it can be a very tan, but tangible nonetheless, right? Like depending on where you're at, but the, the other part that you were speaking into in that is not only the freedom to change your mind, but the letting go of it having to be right or be a certain thing, because your example of Hey, partner A says, wow, look at that blue bird. And partner B says, oh, a bird. Uh, I just wanted them to, my bid was for them to acknowledge it. Mm. I didn't have the expectation that they were going to say this blue bird is called a blue jay. Like I didn't have an expectation that they were going to fucking do anything about it or like say like how miraculous you are that you saw this blue bird. Like, I don't care what they say. They just said they acknowledged in a positive way, something Mm. back to me. They attempted to show me that they listened and they responded. Oh my God. And so when we attempt to show our body or show ourselves that we're listening it might not be exactly right, but the trust in that is when I reach, you respond. Oh, 
That's the foundation of trust. It's not about always having it nailed down as perfect because that's just not going to happen, especially when you start, Oh, when you don't know what you need. But hey, I asked and you even paused enough to get a response and didn't get one. Okay, cool. I trust now that you, that I can start to divulge and share that information with you. Yes. Oh, so true. And so good. And it, I used to tell my therapist this all the time. I'm like, I'm clumsy in it. Like I feel clumsy. Like I don't really know exactly what I'm doing or how to do it right. But you're absolutely right. Like it can be clumsy and. And it's going to be. Yes. (laughs) Right. It's going to be. Yes, absolutely. And still to this day, like it doesn't, like I am not always as clear with what I need, like, because it's ever changing, you know? even in seasons, it changes, right? Like sometimes in summertime, I need different things than in the wintertime. Like I Mm -hmm. need, it's different. And so it is okay for it to look however it's going to look and to not like, you don't have to nail it every time. It's not, this is not another thing to try to get a gold star on like our perfectionism, like for real, sometimes like wants to run the show of everything. Like even before getting on this podcast, I was like, Ooh, girl, your perfectionism is coming out. Like you want to be perfect in this, right? Like you want to say the right things and you want to do it the right way. And you want to be like the best that you could ever be at this thing. You know what I mean? Like I can feel that like, and so I think sometimes she, my little, my little perfectionist, like I'm touching my chest. Cause I always imagine she's like in a little blue chair sitting right there, just being like, like raising her hand being like, Oh me, please, please pick me. Please pick me. I'm up. I'm up, man. Um, but like, it does like, don't try to take the thing. <laughs> don't try to take the bid. Oh, I don't like the way that sounded. Hold on. I'm going to rephrase that. And this is redoing perfectionism. This is exactly how you heal that shit right there. It's 1000%. Oh no, that wasn't it. Hold on. I need to pause here. 1000%. I actually caused, like, I stopped myself midstream, like mid talk. Like, I can't even tell you how many times a day I'll be like, Ooh, no, mm-mm, that wasn't it. like, I, I want to reframe that. I want to reframe that. Cause that felt yucky. Um, allow her to be right. Like your little perfectionism, my little, my little perfectionism girl who's sitting in her blue chair, right? Like I can allow her to be there without allowing her to take over everything. And so in this asking for your need in this attending to those bids, it does not have to be perfect. You do not need to make this another situation to try to be the best you can be at this. It's really just about meeting that need. You said it exactly perfectly. Like it's literally in, in the attending, in the acknowledgement that is the work. That is the work. It's just allowing that trust to be built because that's where trust truly is built within ourselves. Totally. Is meeting the need, even if it's messy, even if it's clumsy, even if it's not right. And the chocolate chips didn't satisfy. Like it's, it's in those things. It's like, no, but I'm attempting to listen. I'm attempting to do these things. I'm, I'm, I'm really like, it's in the trying and in the, just the, the acknowledgement of it is so huge. It's so huge. I'm not ignoring you and pretending that I don't hear you. Yes. Yes. Because that is hurtful. 
Right. Or being like, you're stupid for even having a need right now. Like, Mm -hmm. shut up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and oh my gosh, I just think, I just love what you said. Just like, it's like that reaching out of a hand, right? Like, it's like, you know, you're holding it. Like, you're just taking that time to touch back in. It's the touching back in. And I think like coming back, like the way you and I know each other is because you are like my favorite. (laughs) She, uh, Megan was my mentor for, um, my breathwork facilitating training. And I just, um, so, so grateful that I got you. Like I literally, like from the very jump, I was like, yes, like this was so good. I love this so much. Um, but that's where breathwork for me, that's how I learned that too. Mm-hmm. Is that touch in that happened to me with breathwork? Like that's, that's how I started learning to attend to myself was through that. Like, that's how I started meeting that need and allowing myself to feel whatever I needed to feel was through breath. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need this to be, I don't like my intention isn't to be like, Hey, like, I'm going to tell you all like, once again, why breath work right. is a really cool thing. Cause you're like, dude, we knew it was coming eventually. You say it all the time, but that Rachel, you speaking into that, that was a tool for you. And that was yes. a tool for me because yeah. it kind of ticked a lot of the boxes that you were talking about before. It was a space of being quiet. Yep. It was a space of kind of, I was in my own, even if someone's holding me, I'm still kind of in my own process. Hopefully mm-hmm. if somebody's holding you in a way that yes. they let you be in your own process. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, and that's a whole other thing. Um, but it was right. It was me being quiet with self. It was me being still in my mind, not necessarily in my body, Mm -hmm. right. But still in my mind, there was a stillness that was a softness that was coming over. It was the key that unlocked that for me was somebody who was an amazingly skilled facilitator, giving me full permission to not do the thing that they necessarily said to do, because that was the right way to do it. That's where I completely blockaded myself from the practice is because I was overriding what was coming up in my body. Like, this doesn't feel good. I'm having anxiety. I can't breathe. I can't, I would override that to be the star perfect student. And I was just shooting myself in the foot. I mean, it was detrimental. I've said it a million times, but then it was the invitation of somebody to say, Don't do that if that doesn't feel good. Do something different. And them constantly speaking that over me, the open invitations, the permissioning, the the consent, the collaboration, right? Like all of the things that was like, oh, wait, when somebody gives me permission to say this doesn't feel good and I do something different, that's a repair of trust. Yes. That's turning into self. Yes. 1000%. So same. Because I don't think I, I I mean, and I said it before, but like, I literally overrid every cue that my body had ever given me pretty much my entire life and then called it a personality. Do you know Uh know what I mean? I was like, oh, no, no, no. I do very well. That's just who I am. Oh, oh no. Like I remember. That's a conditioned way of being. Got it. I remember it, it, it always like shock and awe and like a little bit like puts me on like edge when, when my therapist 
is like, oh, um, you do what? And then I'll like say this thing, like, I'll give you an example of like, I casually off the cuff one time said like, you know, I ask my, like when people give me certain looks or like, look at me a certain way, I always say, what are you thinking right now? And I just casually said it in conversation. We'd been together. Like my therapist is amazing. And, um, I actually don't see her for like, actually, like I've, I want to say I like graduated, but it's not really, it's just like, I I'm not in like in that space where I need weekly mm-hmm. attention in that way. So I'm in like her group now, which is just lovely and nourishing. Um, but when I casually mentioned this in, in passing, she was like, Oh, do you, do you do that often? And I, I was like, Oh, I do it all the time. Like multiple times a day, I ask my kids what they're thinking. I ask, and she was like, Oh, um, okay. Well, that's actually a trauma response. And I was like, no, that's just a part of my personality. Like, that's just what I do. Like, that's just a thing. And I realized like how many times she has said that throughout like us together being like, oh, actually like so tenderly, so tenderly. And I realized like most of my personality was built on a trauma response, but because I was so young when Mm -hmm. an event happened and I just created coping mechanisms that ended up being like, what my family would look at as my personality, right? Like, because it was just what I was. Well, in a formative age. Right. And that is, that does, that becomes, that becomes a personality. Yes. Yes. So realizing these things, like later on that they were response, like responses instead. So anyway, I self-abandonment was a very easy go-to. Like, it was like, I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't have needs. I like, it was so easy for me to just be like, I don't have needs. So then, you know, when I found breath, which was like, I mean, it's just so crazy how like all of these worlds like came together for this like thing. But that for me was like, it was the thing that had me coming to myself over and over and over and over and allowing whatever was coming up to come up mm-hmm. without trying to change it, without trying to force it. And you, exactly like your experience with like someone permissioning you to do the thing that your body needs instead of doing what someone is telling you to do. Cause even to this day, I have a hard time. If someone tells me something that I need to do, especially an authority figure or like a doctor or, Mm -hmm. you know, anyone in like a place where my brain is like, this is an authority, like authority on this thing. My immediate reaction is I have to do this thing. Yep. I have to. And then it takes me some time to be like, whoa, 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 hold on. Actually, what do I need? And what, what can I take from that? But like, I actually don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Mm-mm. But to this day, it still takes me some time to recognize oh. like, oh, you're in a place of authority. Like I am not like, like that, like rote memorization from childhood of like, you do what someone tells you to do because they're the authority without question. Like you just do it. And and that's what makes you a good girl. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's hard to override. <laughs> like that's hard to recognize. And so having someone permission me in that, like, and be able to be like, no, no, no. Like, what does your body need right now? Like, 
you get to listen to it and just, and, and I really loved understanding that like doing it to the nth degree, like the most extreme version actually wasn't the thing that my body needed. You know what I mean? And really realizing like, I actually recognized this the other day. Sometimes I just like have moments where I'm like, oh, like, oh, that's an understanding about myself. I didn't realize, but like things that are slow feel good to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually don't, it, things that are really fast don't feel good to my system. And I've recognized that even with my own business and things like sometimes I think comparison and like watching other people go through what they're going through and like, oh, they're scaling and they're doing all these things in business and it's so cool. And I get to watch them and it's like awesome. And recognizing that like my body really, really, really likes things to be slow and how honoring that is for myself that I do not, in fact, it is not good for me to rush into anything. And like recognizing that that doesn't look like everybody else's, but like, that's, what's good. Like, that's what feels good. And that's what is like attending to my own needs in that way. So when things are slow, I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, source. Like, thank you, universe. Like, I well, and that's turning back in, that's turning towards self. Yes. That's because you practiced asking yourself, what do you need? And yes. you practice listening and you practice receiving and reaching and, and that dance of all of that to then be able to discern, oh, no, it's not this thing. Yes. It's yeah. this other thing that's very different from someone else. Yes. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. And how beautiful it is that like, you know, you have like, I love, like, I love, I, I wouldn't say I love gardening, but I love flowers. I love flowers. I love them blooming. I love the smell of the soil and I have these little pots in my outside area. And I had I bought a peony like out of the blue one time. Cause I was like, Oh, beautiful peonies. This is great. And then like they bloomed and they were beautiful. And then they like died. And then I was like, well, I killed this thing. Like, I, I mean, my joke, perpetual joke to the Trader Joe's people is like, they're like, Oh wow. Look at this beautiful plant. And I'm like, yep. Bring it home to kill it. Like it's, it's like my default. Of my life. Like, here. It's just, it's, it's on its death March right now. Um, but this, you know, this peony, it dies. And I don't, I don't know a lot about plants, but like it dies. I see the pot. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this pot out of this thing. And I put it off to the side. And all of a sudden, like in the spring, I like look over and I didn't even remember what plant it was to be perfectly honest. I was like, there are green shoots coming out of that thing. There are green shoots. Like this thing is alive. Like I thought it was dead, but it is alive. And it bloomed into the most beautiful peony bush again like I was like what the heck but I didn't know that they only they bloom and then they like died Mm -hmm. down and I was like I think if some of us are more like peonies and some of us are more like evergreens and some of us are more like like there are different energies and different things like my body really likes to like have a moment to like freaking show off and then like a lot of stillness. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> just it's like the most perfect 
way of saying it too. Like I need my moment to shine and then I'm going to go and hibernate for like seven months. And then everyone's going to be surprised when I come (laughs) back to, it's just like, wow, it's delightful, right? (laughs) Like just this, but I really feel like that is like honoring those rhythms and things. It's like, I just like my system needs the slowness. My system needs those things. And it's just comes back to like, really like, what do you need? Like, it's okay for it to look different than everybody else. It's okay for it to take some time to understand, but it's like, I guess my challenge would be for everyone that's listening is like, how do you gently let yourself turn towards? Mm -hmm. Like how, how does that look for you? And how can you meet that need today by just gently, gently, doesn't have to be fast, right? But just gently turning towards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like soaking it all in because I was like, oh man, I have to think about this now. Um, Rachel, I adore you for I this you. and for many reasons. Where can people find you if they want to connect? I am on the gram. Um, so I'm at Rachel Hills with an S heart, all one word, obviously. Um, that's where I hang out like most of the time, but I'm like in and out of it. So like, she does it. She has her peony moment. I have my she peony moment. And then I hibernate. <laughs> it's Perfect. a thing. It's like a weekly hibernation for, you know, right. like it's like a moment and then, but I love connecting with people on there. I love having, I, I love DMs. I love like just getting in deep with people. I tend to post things that make people think and things also that like have really helped um, affect change in my own life. And like, yeah, so I like, I like to share those things and like things that come to me again, it's always like the thing in the moment that's bringing me joy is kind of what I share. I don't like plan so much. I'm just like, what is today going to bring? So <laughs> It's not the greatest Instagram strategy, but it is my strategy. It's yours. <laughs> and so you get to have whatever works for you. Absolutely. That's all that matters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. You're I appreciate so you. Thank you for having me. Of I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you and that you get to be on this journey with me and we're here together on this wild, this wild ride. If there's something in this episode that landed with you, share it on Instagram, share it with a friend, tag me in and I want to know, I want to hear about it. I love in the ways that we get to connect. And if you feel called, you can head over and rate and review this podcast It helps us to grow and share and have other like-minded souls join this community and rise together. Sending you light and love, always.